Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Roel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, age successfully, making your second half of life even better than the first. Today, we'll be talking with Susan Caperso and Lisa Strauss-Lawrence, two experts who will be discussing the subject many of us have difficulty discussing, how to help your loved one prepare for the end of life. This is uncharted territory for many families. And as we've learned over the course of the last year, dealing with this brutal pandemic, may be faced with the passing of a loved one with sudden swiftness. At the same time, this challenging transition is also part of life's natural journey. And if we address it with care and openness, it provides us with a unique opportunity to support and honor our loved ones. In today's conversation, Susan, an end-of-life doula, and Lisa, a bereavement specialist, will discuss how they guide individuals and families emotionally, practically, and spiritually through this phase to a place of calm, peace, and acceptance, and yes, celebration, a way we can acknowledge and transform sorrow into celebration. Susan and Lisa offer unique courses, counseling, workshops to help people create a personal legacy so current and future generations will be able to remember and cherish them for who they are. And they provide an array of resources and strategies that enable individuals to live life fully after the loss of a loved one to move on and discover their own journey. Both Susan and Lisa are experienced professionals and authors who have been featured in numerous publications and media outlets. And as you will see in a few moments, they are passionate in their mission to change the way we see the end of life journey and help all of us facilitate a more loving and peaceful passing. So Susan and Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron. It's a pleasure to have you. And as we start, uh, you know, this is the, the sort of uh, endeavors that you guys are, are, are such experts in. It's obviously not something that you, you come out of college thinking about. Um, so why don't we start with a little bit of an overview about each of you, how each of you got involved in, in this field. Uh, I know it's deeply personal for each of you. So talk a little bit about your experiences. Susan, let me start with you. Okay, how I got involved in the end-of-life journey. Okay, it's a story in itself. Uh, Most of my years, I was in the flower business. I had my own shop. I went to corporate after that. And it wasn't until my husband, seven years ago, came down with the flu. And that was the regular flu, you know, not this COVID thing that we're going through. And within three days, he was in an emergency room. And... They intubated him almost immediately. I was with him at the hospital for 55 days. Didn't come home to shower, Ron, because we all need a patient advocate, and he absolutely needed one, you know, through this period. Uh, Within, he passed 55 days later, and within Mm. the next two years, I lost 14 more people, close people in my life. My, My mom, my sister, my brother, cousins, friends aunts, uncles, uh, my two neighbors across the street, although they were 99, so they had lived nice full lives. And with that, I just knew, I knew with so many losses that in our country, we just, we weren't doing end of life as good as it can be. Mm -hmm. We could be doing it better. 
And I started researching a little bit and looking into this. And, you know, people in other countries, Ron, celebrate end of life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Family and friends come around for miles just to be with the family, even if they don't know you that well. And it is a life celebration. And I had been searching for something, a different career. You know, my life has become, it was becoming more peaceful, unbelievable, right? You wouldn't mm-hmm. think peaceful with so much loss and humble. Mm, yes. And I knew that there was something missing in my life. And I didn't want to look at spreadsheets anymore for the rest of my life, mm. every single day for 10 hours a day. Right. So I, I, through my research, I found an end-of-life doula, and I thought, what is that? And right. I started to research, and it, and it took me two years, you know, to mm-hmm. make the transition to become right. a doula. Right. And um, here I am, here two, two and a half years later. Okay. Lisa, how about you? So this is what I say to people. I say to people that I have been living with death all my life. Hmm. And um, when I tell my story, people are ready to throw pity at me and be sad for me. And I explain to them why they shouldn't be. So at two years old, my mother died um, in, a, in a car accident. She was running across the street. She was 26 years old and she was pregnant. Um, and who knows what was going on in those days, you know, even what they said to me. It's very different now what they tell children and, you know, stories and books and such. Who knows what was going on? I was an only child, of course, and she was an only child. So that already was tumultuous. Um, And then, of course, grandparents after that. But the next huge loss was my father, who was on vacation. He was in Toronto, Canada. He had a massive coronary. He was 57 years old. Shock. Just a complete shock. Um, And so that started the wheels of... um, a new career and sort of reordering my life and trying to figure out where I wanted to be next and what I wanted to do. Um, and that, that's actually birth of my daughter and us deciding on me starting a new business. I mean, you know, again, the things that happen in your life determine what you decide to do. Next death was my new mom. I had a new mom when I was four and she was always my mom. And so she was very sick for a while. Um, I was with her in the hospital for seven months trying to get her out of the hospital, which seemed to be uh, unimaginable. It was one thing after the other thing. And so at the time, I was 46 and she was 72. And then came my husband 12 years ago, Mm. who was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer out of the blue. No clue, didn't even know what a pancreas was. Um, And he lasted for 15 months in, in just a horrible, um, you know, always in pain. Um, it's a horrible disease. It's a deadly disease. Um, and so truly from those deaths and from me feeling that I was very fortunate to at least have had wonderful, loving people in my life came a philosophy. And my philosophy was to always keep those people close to you, even though they may not be with you, mm-hmm. and to celebrate them. So out of my husband's death came two support books um, and out of um, just a belief that people need to move on with their lives, create a new life, came this idea of being really, you know, a bereavement specialist, somebody who teaches people how to move on, um, accept what has happened, live with the grief, go through that journey, and then create your new life. Right. 
Well, thank you very much. I, I know those were sort of extended intros, but I think it's important to understand where you folks came from and really how much it's really extraordinary how, how you turned such, uh, you know, a litany of loss into a gain um, for, for yourselves and for many other people. Um, so let's, let me just talk about um, this um, sort of broadly. Um, uh, and one of the things that you hit on a couple of words that I, I find important, both of you, about celebrating life and recognizing that this is, you know, that dealing with death is an important part of life. And in a similar way, um, you know, that we talk about, you know, as we, it doesn't have to be uh, on the, the last part of the journey, but how people get prepared with a certain amount of intentionality to the inevitable. So you, you do things like you plan your estate, you have, you know, healthcare proxies and powers of attorney and all that stuff. Seems to me this should be part of the process. And one of the things that we've talked about before uh, and is that as part of that planning process, and you in particular, Susan, have talked about this legacy project, this legacy piece that I think both of you are fully aware of, but basically that you don't, have to wait until <laughs> your the final final days to think about how it is that you want to be remembered. So why don't you talk a little about that, Susan? It's about how, your legacy project and how you do that and work with families to do that. Okay, thanks, Ron. Uh, it's so important to me the the legacy piece because you're actually, you know, you're being proactive in your end of life process. Now, of course, when people die of instant tragedies. We don't have time to put things in place. When people have a terminal diagnosis, though, you do have time to put some things in place. And why would you? Okay, a, a lot of good reasons. First of all, it's helping your family members and friends grieve in a better way. Right. Um, one, you know, I've, I've worked with widows before that say, if I just had a little recording of my husband telling me how much he loves me and that everything's going to be okay, to hear his voice or to see his video speaking to me, uh, these things, are, they're so important, Ron, because it does help you feel lighter and help you feel better after the person's gone. And I started originally, I'm a big believer in leaving any kind of creative legacy projects. In my, in my one book, Coming Full Circle, there's a hundred different tools, tips, and ideas to, for you to do before you leave, leave the world. And I talk a lot about letters and cards and videos and different things that you can leave for your family and your children or your parents or whoever it may be. And I started with the other book that I have, Remember Me, The Story of My mm -hmm. Life. Mm -hmm. And it has the prompts in it. And you fill in. I give you a spark in your memory to think back in a certain, like what your room looked like maybe when you were five years old. Mm -hmm. And it gives your family and friends a, a way to remember you, know you. And it's a piece that can go on for generations to come, your future generations, because you know, we're all the ancestors, all three of us right now on this show. We're an ancestor. And how are these future decades going to even know who we are? Wouldn't it be a beautiful thing if you knew what your great-great-grandmother did and, and if you look like her or your grandfather and and spoke like him and wore similar clothes to him? Like, all of these kinds of things validate who we are as people. Um, and our place in the world. Right. So I started intentionally doing it for people at end of life. And then I was at an event 
And a few people had walked past and saw the book, but when they heard I was an end-of-life doula, they, they says, well, I'm not an end-of-life. Why can't I do something like this? Mm-hmm. I'm a baby boomer. I want my great-great-grandchildren to know who I am. So that started me on the road of working with healthy and vibrant people now while the memories are still intact and you right. can put those experiences down on paper. Right, right. I'd love to add to that because Please. I'm doing something with my grandchild. And um, so my daughter bought her My Grandma Remembers and because she loves to write. So we do a question you know, every couple of days, and so she gets to practice her writing skills, and she gets to ask me questions, and this, they're really engaging questions That's about my life, and it's so nice for, her to, for us to share this. This is our special time together, she and I. She's going to be nine in August, wow. and this is a really nice thing, and it, you know, she'll have that forever, and she can read it to her, to her two siblings who are younger than her. Mm. What a nice opportunity, especially as a grandparent. So all the grandparents out there, something really nice to do. And she's learning and knowing more about you than she ever would have before at a typical Sunday dinner gathering. Yes. And Mm -hmm. also about Grandpa Fred, who, by the way, again, when we talk about memories and celebration, we still talk about him even though he's not here and even though she didn't know him. So when I talk about something that he did or something that he enjoyed, he then lives in us, in the memory of us, which is just such a wonderful right. way of looking at right. it. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's something that's really important. And, and with all due respect to Ancestry.com, you know, I, I think that it certainly is interesting to know who your ancestors were and you can check out this. But I think, I think you guys in our previous conversations have acknowledged it. DNA ain't everything. <laughs> Just to know yeah. that, you know, I was whatever, 7% Norwegian or something is interesting. But what are these stories? It's the stories about who we are and who, you know, how we became who we are that I think are really important to our the people we love and our friends. And um, sure. I think that. And to um, history. Yeah. History. Yeah. I mean, I, and, I, and, I, and there's, there is no reason to, to, to wait until the. The, the end or near end, because certainly, you know, I have to be honest with, with my mom. Um, she, she passed over a long period of time with Alzheimer's and we had, so we had a good deal of time with her, but, but then there were also, um, you know, after she passed, there were all these boxes that we found of, of letters and, and photos and some of them we, we couldn't identify well, who are these and wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to have gone through these stories, you know, uh, when she was coaching and, and we could share them all and have a legacy. We have a lot, but this would have been more. And uh, we've had a, a nice experience. Um, one of my aunts, um, my dad's sister, who is still vital in her late 90s, um, she put together um, just on her own, her own memoir of early stories of her and my dad um, and their parents uh, during their early days um, and, you know, going off to Mexico together. And it, it's like, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. These kinds of, you know, experiences and memories and histories. Um, so um, it's a beautiful thing. It's mm-hmm. really a beautiful thing, Ron. And, you know, I, I have this package that I do when I work with clients and I can work with them from all over the world now. Thank right. you, Zoom. Right? right. So I just finished a project with a, a, a grandmother that lives in Ireland. 
It just wow. so happens I knew her daughter here on Long Island. And it's 10 hours. We get together four times and we have discussions and laughs. And sometimes they cry right. and they even talk directly to all their children and grandchildren. I prompt them to do this. And it's a beautiful thing to have all these USB drives to leave your, those children and grandchildren. And then what about their children and grandchildren? Right. Wow. Right. Wow. It's beautiful. Yeah. So on that wow, mm. uh, we're going to take a quick break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we come back, folks, we'll be we'll have much more from Susan and Lisa. Don't go anywhere. You want to hear this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Brave Hearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. You are listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, when we're talking with uh, end-of-life doula Susan Caperso and bereavement specialist Lisa uh, Stras-Lawrence. Um, so we were talking before the break about how uh, we can preserve the legacy of our loved ones before they pass and, and, and have it for the rest of us after they're gone. Um, now I want to talk a little bit about how um, we deal with the, the process itself. Um, you know, as the, you know, working with the families, counseling with them, helping them through this phase um, emotionally and spiritually um as often as i know i know susan you're also a you know work with hospice uh your hospice specialist so how do you work with other individuals too to help families get through this period well it's almost like being an end-of-life navigator run mm-hmm. right so we're guiding and supporting the family through the process there's usually three phases that people end-of-life uh, patients go through the um the shock phase, that's when you first find out about your terminal diagnosis. That's the hardest 
point. Uh, the stabilization phase where you can do a lot of this creative legacy work. And then the transition phase, and that's at the very end when you cross over. So during this stabilization phase is when I can work on some of the legacy work and the, the cards and the letters and the gifting. And there's so much more to be done. Um, for one example, you know, I had worked with with a client and some of the things we do are, are fulfilling bucket lists. And, you know, we may not be able to go to the Grand Canyon, but I, I had purchased one of these Oculus things, headsets that you wear, huh. and you can watch the 3D movie of the Grand Canyon. And this particular um, client, patient of mine, client patient, um, she... Her last wish, she always wanted to go to a Rolling Stones concert. That was her on her bucket list that she never got to do. So I came home, and the following day, I brought her back the Oculus. And I went on to YouTube, and I found a Rolling Stones concert. And this was within the last two weeks of her life. And to see her spend two hours watching this concert, smiling from ear to ear and dancing in her bed. And when she took that off, she says to me, this was the best gift I could have ever gave her. She had the time of her life. And it's just so fulfilling when when you're able to create some wishes like that for people, because we all have bucket lists. I do for for things that we want to do. And when you come full circle at the end of your life, you want to be able to, to do some of those things. So that's some of the work that I can do um, with a patient and, and hold the space, hold a safe space. Somehow families, um, they're, they're so grateful when a doula is with them in the house. They just feel safer. You know, we educate them on the process on what's going to happen and how your body shuts down. Very similarly, all of us will shut our body shut down the same way. So I'm able to educate them on things like that too. Right, right. Hey, Lisa, you want to add anything to that? Well, I was there. Um, there, This is why Susan and I are are kindred spirits. You know, Mm -hmm. I was there that last week when I called in hospice for my husband. And we did some of this really good work, though I didn't know her at the time. I mean, we did a little book for both my children. And we watched movies. And I had friends coming in. I had a spiritual person come in, um, uh, you know, who had married us um, for our 25th wedding anniversary. So I did some of that work. And with my mom... um, you know, it was it was very challenging, very difficult. Cause I couldn't get her out of the hospital. Mm. So within that time, of course, we spent time talking about her life and what she loved. And I tried to bring her, you know, whatever she wanted. And, you know, like, for instance, it was really important to her to have um, beauty parlor appointments. And I got the hospital to arrange mm. to have, you know, a hairdresser come in. That was important to her. And everybody has something that's important. And you have absolutely. To- that's, you know, that's what we're talking about here. Celebration in, in their own way and making sure that you know what they want, what they like, what they feel. How they're feeling, their yep. wishes, their emotions. Mm. Ron, basically, you, you're going to feel one way or the other at the end of your life. You're going to either be bitter and angry and don't want to talk to anybody and push things under the carpet and not have honest and open conversations. You're only hurting yourself and the, and the people you love all around you. Or you'll be mindful and you'll say, hey, let's do some of this work. Let's have some of these conversations. Let's have an end-of-life celebration before I leave. Mm-hmm. 
And I would hope that the people who are listening also talk about this many, many years before. They talk about this with their children, with their parents, with their partners, and they say, this is what I want. This is how I want it to be. This is what, you know, and I know that people have very difficult conversations and, you know, and find this very challenging. Even I had some friends who, you know, didn't want to write up a will because they thought if you write up a will, that means, you know, you're going to die soon. Right. Um, and you got to, <laughs> we can't look at it that way. We have to, we have to look at it as we are helping prepare. We're doing our work in helping people know what we want in respecting what we want and in living the life that we want, whether it's at the end or in, in the process. Right. Now yeah. you, you've mentioned before that, that this is difficult for families and that, that sometimes the, um, people don't want to talk about it and they don't want to say anything. Um, how do you, uh, how do you engage with families initially? Give me a little bit about how they work with you, how they find you, um, how you engage them initially and sort of bring them around. Either one of you. <laughs> Well, with me, it's really through, you know, initial conversations. Mm -hmm. It's conversations um, about each one of these stages and mm -hmm. uh, and what the timeline is going to be and, you know, why some of these things would will be so fulfilling not only for them but for their family and why their family needs to do things like this. It's all in an in initial conversation. And I found with me that it's just – it's people that are, are thinking about this, just like Lisa said just now, and wanting to be proactive in doing some of these wonderful things at the end of life that they seek you out. You know, the people who found me found my website randomly. You know, it wasn't through anybody I knew or anything like that. And, and it's a lot of the younger generations are, are being more mindful for their parents and grandparents now. So it's just a matter of, you know, talking about the process and, and how we can help fulfill that, that end milestone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lisa. Um, Moving on is a very different conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. well, let's let's um, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Now. So it's really being able to accept the journey that you're on. Everybody's journey is different. Um, people don't know what to say. People don't know how to help people. And so, um, number one, being more mindful and more knowledgeable about what, how you may feel. Um, it's a process. I'll just, I call it a bereavement process. Mm -hmm. You know, the beginning stages of being angry that somebody left you or being overwhelmed. I don't even know how to pay a bill. I don't know what to do. Um, and so, leaning on your friends and leaning on your family to help you out. I remember my children were setting up some billing system because my husband and I did our billing every week. And mm -hmm. we did it in a very organized way. And when he died, I said, I don't know what to do. I mean, it was the most ridiculous thing, but I didn't know what to do. And so we set up a new system. So allowing people to support you, they bring food in, they don't know what to do. Um, just allowing them to help you and take care of you, especially in the beginning not making big decisions at first, trying to just settle in to, um, to you know, a, a life without that person. And by the way, depending upon who died will be, you know, very much how you, how you respond. If it's a partner, I mean, you thought that you're going to live the rest of your life with that partner. Right. If it's a parent, you've got that biological link that now all of a sudden is gone. If it's a child, think about the tragedy of losing a child. Um, if it's a sibling, I mean, every 
portion of this is a little different. And now you've got your personality. You know, like I'm a positive person, so I obviously focus on the positive. Well, what about all those negative people who say, well, you know, they always were angry at me or they didn't appreciate me. Or So now you've got all those things to deal with, you know. So um, everybody's got their own journey. There are many ways of not completely being alone. There are support groups. There's one-to-one counseling, and I certainly offer that because I know what it's like and because having written those two books I interviewed families and we talked about the process the first year the second year the fifth year the tenth year and how our lives have changed and how we've evolved so I understand that but it's also being able to create then your next life so it might be an activity group you know oh I would like to try some new things and sort of I call them toes in the water Mm -hmm. you know you try a few new things that you never did before because before you know you always did a certain thing or on Sundays it was always a certain way even I'll tell you something the hardest thing you know when family and friends say well you know what do you want or you know whatever the you don't know what you want but I'll tell you what you don't want you don't want that person to be forgotten and right. so if they don't mention that person in a family gathering or they, you know, they, they pay no attention to a tradition or something that you always did, that is very hard for us because yeah. we still want to keep that person around us. And yeah, there are ways please. to do that, by the way. Yeah, please, please. Right. We're asking anybody yes. listening to this. That's one of the most important things. Bring up that person in the conversation. Remember when they laughed like this or made jokes like this? And it's because that's very fulfilling and heartfelt for the, for the person grieving. Yes. And call them. And I know people say, oh, what am I going to say? Just say, I'm thinking of you. That's all you have to say. Yeah. You know, you don't have to ask how I'm doing or anything like that. But I'm just thinking of you. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. I think especially today, I think a lot of what happens too, I think we've mentioned before that, you know, there's the, the, the couple syndrome, right? You know, so people have been together a long time and then one of them passes and it's like the other person feels uncomfortable. Like now I'm a single, like how do I engage? You know, um, we always did things together. You know, I'm going to be a, you know, an odd person out now and just getting people back into the world and having and I think what you're saying is important that just recognizing that that feeling and reaching out to them. So then, you know, to, to meet them halfway and say, listen, I've been thinking of you, you know, why don't you come here? Why don't you do this? Why don't you? Yeah. And a big thing, Ron, is relationships change with all these friends. They absolutely change because people just don't know what to say or what to do for you, you know, and know that you can do anything. Do anything. Just be present in a person's life that's going through the grief because they need you now more than ever. Right. Right. And then celebrate. There are some beautiful ways, just like Susan has incredible ways of celebrating life. There is... There are incredible ways of celebrating that person and keeping them still with you. Mm. And one of them for me was an online memorial website. Yeah. I created something really beautiful for my husband. I, I, I did it within a month of his death. And it's so wonderful to be able to go on to it, see all kinds of postings, uh, post my own journal, put virtual flowers and virtual candles, which are still turning and burning, um, and just see... Uh, a place, you know, I understand, listen, everybody finds their own 
comfort. People go to graves, people go, you know, to places, whatever. But this is an online thing that I can send out to people and they can post and they can share. And I do it, especially on his birthday, especially on our anniversary, on Father's Day. These are just times that I do that. And there are certain other things. There are traditions that you start coming up with. There are movies that I, that I play every year on certain special days. And so those days don't have to be dreaded. They can actually be days that are celebrated. Right, right. Yeah, this, this is one of the, um, the, the wonders of Zoom and, and, and virtual technology is that we do have this opportunity now to keep things going in ways that we didn't before. I mean, before you could pretty much you would go to your parents' gravesite, you know, as a commemoration. But a lot of people these days, including my own family, you know, we don't have that. We decided not to do that. So how do you have, I mean, you can get together with your family at times and, and talk about them, but are, are there ways to do this online? I think that, um, I don't know if it was, you mentioned the, the eternal portal.com. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just a great, nice site. But you know what? Now with Zoom and all, just think about it. Yeah. You could take a special celebration and you could get your family members all together yeah. for and it. Send an invitation out to 10 or 20 family members and play the music they liked in the background and toast and have a glass of wine. And everybody brings a memory to the table. I see a lot of this and everybody tells a little story. And it's really comforting, and it, it's just it's wonderful way to celebrate a person's life. Right, yeah. right. And same thing with holidays and all. Mm-hmm. Even though that person's not there, just great opportunities to share and to and to remember. Right. You know that. So so holding that person still close to you. That's what we're talking about here. Right. So right. and I know it sounds crazy because they're not physically with us, right. but they are in our hearts forever. And, right. and by celebrating them and talking about them and doing things that perhaps they liked. My father, by the way, died a couple of days before Father's Day. Mm. And it's such a shock and all. But he had tickets to Special Olympics game that was at Hofstra University. Mm-hmm. And when my mother asked me what we should do for Father's Day, I said, Daddy wanted us to go to this game, you know, this, this event. And I said, that's where we're going. And that's where we went. And it was just something so wonderful about feeling like we were going to something that he wanted to be at, Mm -hmm. even though he wasn't there. Right, right, right. Um, We'll have more, at the end of the show, we'll have more to talk about these resources. But why don't we start now? Because you have a lot of things that are available (laughs) to people. Um, So why don't we talk a little bit about, uh, start off with talking about your digital courses. What what sorts of offerings are there? Because each of you have... I think you might have some courses together or you might have some separately. But well, we do. Yeah, separately and together. And they're all, they'll, we've just really begun the journey, but they're housed on a website called eastend.academy. Okay. Nice and short, eastend.academy. And those are where you'll find the end-of-life digital courses. And then we have a YouTube channel as well, Lisa, right? We do. It's called The End of Life Journey and Beyond and then colon The Sands of Time. And um, so we once a week put in videos, um, very casual discussions um, about different aspects of, again, the end of life and beyond. And uh, each week we also uh, invite guests as well to to appear and to discuss important topics as well. So uh, be a subscriber and this way you see the new videos that are posted. 
And they're all niches. They're very unique topics that we're talking about. And they're not too long. Could be 20 minutes, 25 minutes. But you're really learning something. And Lisa and I both believe that when you learn, you grow and you know. And this way you can help others much better. Right, right, right. Right. Um, And and, uh, you also have guidance sessions, right, where you can counsel people. Online, uh, in I guess. Maybe yeah, somebody. pretty much on Zoom for me, Lisa, yeah. you as well, right? Just yes. on Zoom. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it's worked out so much. There's no traveling time. We're right here looking at each other like we're in the same room. And it's, it's comforting to, you know, people will come on in tears and by the end of the call say, yes, I've got this. Right. You know, I've got this. Thank you for, for that guidance. Um, so we both do that as well. And the YouTube channel, and, and my site is East End Doula Care, mm-hmm. EastEndDoulaCare.com. Okay. okay. And, and there are, you know, many things. I, I do the legacy sessions as well. Right, right. And right. we both have books, which we'll talk about after the break. Right. Okay, yes. Yeah, so. uh, busy so, people. Are you busy? Yeah, but it's, it's something that it's important for people, and you, you have to basically, you know, find them when they're ready, and, and it takes some mm. time to work with them, so you can't just... Not, sure. a quick, not a quick transaction. I can believe that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we're going to take a quick break. Um, but when we come back, we will have a wrap up. We'll talk more about your resources, about all the courses you have, um, how people get in touch with you, um, and um, uh, find out more about this whole field. So, uh, folks, stay with us. We'll be right back. You won't want to miss the ending here. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mack. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking with end-of-life doula Susan Caperso and bereavement specialist Lisa Stras-Lawrence. 
Um, so before the break, we were talking about some of the resources, and I wanted to continue uh, on that conversation because there's a lot of stuff to discuss. Um, uh, so these are basically, I think, you know, you provide comfort, but you also provide information resources. And I think that's what people need. They need to know what their options are. Um, and so you're putting together a whole toolkit of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and and so talk a little bit about, um, well, some of the courses and the books. What what You know, these are books and and you'll see the listeners will see that um um i've uh, on my roboresources.com website um there's a 45 forward tab and if you click on that you can get to this show um that and, and you could see more information about uh lisa and susan uh some of their background the synopsis of the show some other materials that they're available on the websites but um as well as you can listen to the show there um, but talk about some of these other resources that we might have not touched on. Let's start with the books. So, Lisa, why don't you start with your books, and then we'll talk about Susan's books. Sure. So, my books are support books. Mm-hmm. I decided probably a month and a half after my husband died that pancreatic cancer is just such a heart devil you know, deadly disease. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about it, didn't understand it. And here on Long Island, we have the Lust Garden Foundation was started with Cablevision's, um, um, you know, donations and all mm-hmm. support. So, 100% of the money goes to research for an you know, early detection and cure. So, I decided that my books would be solely um, donations to the Lust Garden Foundation. So, the first book came out on September 3rd, 2010. Um, and that was called Pancreatic Cancer. It's a family affair. I interviewed 20 families and we spoke about the disease. We spoke about the treatments. We spoke about the process. We spoke about, you know, things that nobody else told us um, and that we hoped would help other people. At the time, I actually had four uh, survivors. The second book came out exactly 10 years later, September 3rd, 2020. And that was called Pancreatic Cancer. Families move on. Mm-hmm. I interviewed 12 out of those initial 20 families, and we talked about the years now after our loved ones have been gone. Um, in it are spouses, um, siblings, uh, children, and, and one person who uh, has survived over 12 years now. And so the books really, again, they support and they can support anybody who has lost a loved one because the process of grieving is the same, even though we concentrate on that particular disease. Um, it's still bereavement. It's still creating your new life and it's still moving on with your life. So my um, website is www.familiesmoveon.com. I'm also on Amazon with both books. Great. So, and Great. as I said, 100% of the donations go to Les Garten Foundation. Good to know. Good to know. So, Susan, your books and your courses. Uh, the books you can find on Amazon. Uh, you can just look up my name, Susan Caperso, mm-hmm. C-A-P-U-R-S-O. And all the books will come up on there. The, the Remember Me, The Story of My Life. And that's, again, an interactive book where you fill out the pages. And then Coming Full Circle, with, where I offer a 100 tools, tips, and ideas that will make a difference at the end of your life. Uh, you can also find them on my website, eastenddoulacare.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, the books and the courses you can find on there or go directly to the academy, which is eastend.academy. And you'll be seeing more, you know, uh, we're uploading more and more courses uh, each week. We've just really started the, the academy. And there's a couple bigger courses in there, a couple smaller courses in there. 
that take less time. Uh, that's really about it. You can mm-hmm. find all the information on eastendulacare.com. Right. And, and our topics are going to be very detailed. People mm-hmm. don't talk about these things. And we specifically are going to address certain topics. Um, the first one that we're talking about, just to let you know, is what does a dying person want? Hmm. Sure, nobody has thought of that, but it is something you know. Well, yeah, their know. thoughts, their desires, their wishes, their emotions—you know, spiritually, physically, mentally—people uh, just don't talk about it. Right. It's not an open and honest and raw conversation like it can be. So at least if you're helping to guide and support a friend or family member by knowing some of the things that they're thinking about, mm-hmm. will help that flow more peacefully. Right. Yeah. Now, for people across the country, I mean, how do how do you find doulas? For people across the country, well, you know, you can just say, you can put in the search, end-of-life doula near me. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple in international um, sites for right. end-of-life doulas. Uh, a lot of them have uh, contact us, and they right. house, you know, end-of-life doulas contact information on that page. Right. Um, it's, it's a new and and up-and-coming profession that will we will be known in every household within the next two years, I'd imagine. Everybody will know. For now, it's been a challenge in that I've been pioneering on Long Island and, and teaching people and educating them more on the wonderful service that doulas have to offer their families. Yeah. I think that uh, most or many people may be familiar with the birthing doulas, you know, yes. on, on the yes. flip side. And I think in general, you know, I think we, we tend toward that part of life of birth and, and right it's a celebration a we bring right. babies into the world in a right. warm and celebratory way why aren't we helping people navigate out of the world in a warm and peaceful way right and it can be done right 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 yeah i mean i think that that you know we've sort of tipped out around the edges i mean i know i've known for years you know there's this um site called you know, story story Corps. Uh, i don't know if you've familiar with that you know, which is this organization where you can go and record the stories of your family um, um, at, at their studios in, uh, I think they're in Brooklyn. But, um, you know, so there, there, there have been sort of stabs at this and attempts to do this. And, I, and certainly that's, that's great. Some of those stories are stored at the Library of Congress. Um, but I don't think it, people have thought about it just in this kind of personal way and, and in a way of leaving it as a legacy. Um, yeah. And and think about it, you know, how wonderful would it be to know about those past generations before us for so many different things, you know, so many reasons. It will, it will, it validates your own existence on who you are, that you're a part of something that's so much bigger than yourself. Right. That's right. what I think. Right, right. Now, are you guys working with... Um, also with, with elder law attorneys, I know that you, even Susan, you, you work with hospice and, and Lisa, you as well. Um, are there ways to, to work in conjunction with other professionals and, you know, to, you know as a sort of a team? Well, the, they are, there are, um, I think, Lisa, I don't know how, how you, you're thinking, but it's all, again, these brand new conversations that are happening, you know, so the same thing, I'm having conversations with 
attorneys. I'm having conversations with funeral homes because we're trying to help find a way to work in conjunction with each other before, during, or after the process. Right, Lisa? So that's, you know, we both make the circle come full round. Lisa and I, yes. before, yes. during, and after. Yes. So we, we have a lot of tools and resources to offer people. And we specifically want to have guests on our YouTube series channel right. so that people do see, you know, somebody who's conducting, let's say, a bereavement group, uh, an attorney who specializes in elder law and, um, you know. Next week, as a matter of Next that. week, yeah. on, the, on the 23rd. Yeah, he'll be so, on talking about just end-of-life documents in yes. particular. You right. know what, what you should get in People order. are not prepared. And yeah. these are all free YouTube videos, but yes. they're valuable education and information that Lisa and I want to get out to the world. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You probably um, still want our uh, our phone numbers and on our email addresses. Well, like well I think just if people, you know, how, how do people get in touch? What's the best? Is it through email? Is that the best in your email? No. E- either, either way for me. Um, my phone number is 631-839-6226. Okay. And my email address is Lisa Moving On at gmail.com. Okay. And Susan, if people want to get in touch with you. It's East End Doula Care at gmail.com or 631-946-8100. Very good. Okay. And if you want to reach me, Ron Roel, it's uh, ron.roel at gmail.com. Um, so, uh, in wrapping up our show, I just wanted to thank you and, and just talk a little bit more about, um, you know, I, I just find this whole notion of, of celebration. Um, we talk about it a lot, but I think that you guys really have encapsulated it. So I think it's, it's really worth holding on to and really promoting. It's difficult because we go through so much sorrow and, 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 and as you've, you mentioned particular Lisa, you know, that that's normal. I think one of the things you've said to me once is, if you're not crying for a person, then you don't really know how much you cared for them. That's so right. A that, rabbi said that to me at my mother's funeral. Right, right. I'll never forget Isn't that. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you need to you need to find ways to transform this sorrow into, into celebration and, and appreciation for life. And, th- and think about the fact that our family and our loved ones would want us to be happy. Right. They want us to live our lives. Right. If they loved us, they would want us to go on. And I think that brings comfort to all of us. Right, right. You know, and just like before end of life, Ron, it's, for, it's afterwards too. We all have choices, right? Every single one of us has a choice in life. And you can grieve in a better way, in a more positive way if you want to. Or it could be in a negative way. You know, I have people that I, that I know that, you know, have grieved a family member of mine so much worse than another person. But when I say so much worse, and again, we all have our own timelines. Mm-hmm. You can grieve for a long time if you choose to. Right. But you don't need to cry and, 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 and be a depressed person to the point where you need medication now for 10, 20 years after a person passes. There are things you can do. There's support out there to get help in right. many ways. Right, right. And do you work, Lisa, do you work with any bereavement groups or do you have... Um, uh, well, actually, we're going to have someone on uh, on our video series that is doing a bereavement group for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'm really open to working with different groups. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, again, it's, it's sort of putting out in the universe right. how, especially now, when so many people have lost people. Right. Um, you know, uh, unplanned, of course. Right. And, you know, due to a, a pandemic. Yeah. So really un- incredible circumstances right now in yeah. our world. Yeah. So this yeah. is more important than ever before. Right, right. Yeah. And I think, you know, really as the pandemic hopefully ends or comes close to ending, it's really, I think, an opportune time to think about it. Hopefully, if we've been fortunate enough to get through it without losing someone, yeah. but to think about what it means and to think about being prepared and being intentional about it in the same way that we're like, well, wait a minute, we don't have a healthcare proxy or we don't have a living will to yes. really think about that and, and how you can be prepared. And again, you know, it, it, you know, hopefully you'll have years and years before someone passes, but to have this, you know, b- building this record, this legacy building over this time, I think would be great. And, and, and there's no reason you can't start sharing it now. You know, I think that's one of the things that, that you've mentioned, um, Lisa, with your grandchildren and, and Susan, with your kids. I mean, these are, these are precious moments and we can start right now. So um, with that, um, I just want to say thank you to both of you for an enlightening and inspiring show. Um, I think we've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. Um, I think, uh, again, I encourage people, um, if you haven't heard the show live, you can hear it on podcast. Encourage your friends to pick it up on podcast um, and and share with them. Um, so uh, thanks again, Lisa. Thank you, Susan. Ron. This has been really important. Right. And we appreciate um, the opportunity. Yeah, I appreciate you again. And I'm, I'm hoping Ron. you come back and uh, join us for another show down the road and we'll check on your progress. Um, in the meantime, I want to be sure to tell everyone to join us next Monday, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, when I'll be talking with Lance Cheney, who's a fourth generation owner of the Braun Brush Company. Uh, he's a unique CEO who's blended his artistic and business skills to create an innovative American manufacturing company that now competes very successfully against Chinese imports. It's a fascinating story and you won't want to miss it. So now, until then, keep moving forward. 45 forward. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week. 